Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast and forever Billy Crystal stan Grace Aki. <laughs> we'll get to all of that. We will uh, make sure that you have plenty of time to tell your stories of the closing performance of, of Mr. Saturday Night. We will talk about that and something else that is very close to your heart later in the show. Uh, but I did want to remind everybody that we had a ton of stuff happen in the podcast feed over the Labor Day weekend. It started off over in Patreon with Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama in which she looked at the 1949 Pulitzer Prize winner for drama Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. Obviously very appropriate since that show is getting ready to come back to Broadway here very, very soon. Then we had, uh, of course, the the episode of This Week on Broadway on Sunday where they talked about uh, the As You Like It at Shakespeare in the Park. And then in the place of today on Broadway on Monday, Jennifer McHugh and I went through our favorite game to play over on Some Like It Pop where we did our wishes, wants, and wills for the 2022 Emmy Awards. That'll be happening on Monday, September 12th. So lots of content over in the podcast feeds. Of course, you can hear everything before anybody else over at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Also, on Sunday, on this week on Broadway, uh, James announced that we're doing a little bit of a contest for Patreon subscribers. Uh, he has a libretto of the Tony and Pulitzer Prize winning musical A Strange Loop autographed by the creator Michael R. Jackson that we are giving away to a current Patreon member. So if you want to get all the details, listen to this week on Broadway and make sure that you are signed up at patreon.com slash Radio. Uh, All right, Grace, let's get into the news. There's not a ton over the holiday weekend, but there are things that we want to talk about. But it was announced, uh, I guess this would have been on Monday, I guess the Brits don't use this as a bank holiday like we all do here in the U.S., but it was announced that the great stage and screen star Zachary Quinto will make his West End debut as Gore Vidal in James Graham's Best of Enemies opposite David Harwood, who is reprising his role as William F. Buckley. This is directed by Jeremy Heron. It will begin previews at the Noel Coward Theater on November 14th with an opening scheduled for November 28th. This was already a sold-out hit from the Young Vic Theater and uh, and Headlong. It originally premiered at the Old Vic in December of 2021. Uh, and here's the, the log line for this show. 1968, a year of protest that divided America. As two men fight to become the next president, all eyes are on the battle between two others. The cunningly conservative William F. Beck- Buckley Jr. and the iconoclastic liberal Gore Vidal. Beliefs are challenged and slurs are slung as these political idols feud nightly in a new television format, debating the moral landscape of a shattered nation. Little do they know, they're about to open up a new frontier of American politics and transform television news forever. Yeah, this is really where everything went downhill. Started getting uh, all of the uh, uh, those ridiculous, polarizing, yeah. extreme debates on TV, and that, that's where the country went to hell. Um that's when it was. <laughs> yes, I mean, one of many. Um, but there's a we have the complete cast in the show notes. Other famous names that you might uh, recognize that are characters in the show. Andy Warhol, James Baldwin, Aretha Franklin, Martin Luther King, uh, many, many more. So we will have the complete announcement there. We have a lot of these. We've had a, a number of these, like the James Baldwin that's coming from the Elevator Repair Company at the Public Theater that's getting ready to open. So a lot of these, like shows recreating these epic historic debates 
I don't know what that means for theater or um, or, or whatever, but it, it's interesting that a lot of these are happening at the same time. It's always funny when like something that was so heavily televised, like becomes a stage thing because you're like, mm-hmm. well, that's yep. I could watch that also. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, it, so I'm, I'm always curious, like, I'm not going to, you know, there's, there's also like, you know, a lot to be said for like the way people write these things and like, there's all backstory, but sometimes I just go like, we could just watch that, you know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested on how they cook that up for sure. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of like, you know, backstory. Same was, you remember the Frost Nixon film? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely. also like a stage show, but yeah. like, it's that where I'm like, yes, we, it, they are, they're doing the thing that we saw. So, um, yeah. It's something that Jen and I talked about on some like a pop. It's like a lot of these shows that are nominated for Emmys this year are things that are like ripped from the headlines or based on like true crime or news type things. And I just like, I'm uninterested by those things because one, either I, know the stories predictability yeah Mm -hmm. i I know the stories i know where they end up it's not interesting to me so i'm not saying that these things aren't interesting because like you said there's often a lot more depth that especially playwrights to be honest with you more more so than the television shows um bring to the story but just in general i'm like okay great i will i will be glad to see it but it's not something that usually gets my blood pumping Exactly. And it's just like the end of Hades Town when everybody gasps, knowing full well that we all pretty much know generally well, that we know how it's going to end, but we sing it anyway. We do it anyway. I, I think you are vastly overestimating the Greek mythology knowledge of the common American audience. But so many, no, so many people, we all had to take like that kind of mythology in school. Like, Did we? I, am I crazy? Yes. Freshman I mean, year, we had to do so much of that. I, I don't believe that I ever took a Greek mythology class, although I did take a quarter of actual classical Greek, the language. But mm, uh, but also I took there's Latin. Like, We're both useless. I, I took Latin for two years. Yeah. So yeah. I, it means nothing to me. Um, then I took Swahili in college, but that's a whole other story. Um, is it like a Percy Jackson thing? Like, is there is there elements of that? Like because of like maybe not Percy Jackson specifically, but like, is there some sort of like modern cool kid thing that? has elements of that story that people might know most most literature classes go like hey so much so many of these themes and elements appear in in modern text so we might as well exactly the hero's journey and all that stuff so i mean like yeah we watched star wars after we learned about that sure (laughs) we read the odyssey and then we watched star wars i you know dalton public schools shout out (laughs) there you go all right uh all right let's talk about some other news that we already knew was coming but that is the fact that on tuesday today september 6th we are having some pretty big names step into some shows that are already running and of course let's start on broadway with the fact that leah michelle is returning to broadway as fanny bryce in the broadway revival of funny girl her mother will be played by Tova Feldshoe. Um, we've long documented the crazy ups and downs of Leah Michelle's journey to this role and all of the not necessarily super great things that happened with her predecessor, Beanie Feldstein, that I don't think had anything to do with Leah necessarily. Um, but it, it's really made a, a mess of this production. And for whatever you think of Leah Michelle, I, I just hope that this production can kind of just fall into a very normal run because it's been anything but normal since the beginning. I have no idea how long this will run with Leah and Tova in these roles, but uh, just for the cast and the company, I I hope that it's a much less drama filled uh, set of performances forever. However long it lasts than it was in the first six months of the run. 
Yeah, full agree. I'm really hoping that we see some content come out of this where people are engaging in a really positive work environment. I hope I am very, very hopeful for those things um, because, you know, to have a nihilistic point of view of like, what if it's bad or like, what if the, no, no, no. I, I, I really hope that things are better and that things are positive and that that cast and crew feel safe and comfortable and all enjoy each other for sure. Yeah, absolutely. The other big new cast uh, change that is happening on Tuesday is that Tony Award winning star of stage and screen Lena Hall will be taking over the role of Audrey in the off-Broadway revival of Little Shop of Horrors. She is joining uh, Tony Award nominee Rob McClure, who is staying on as Seymour, and Broadway alum Andrew Call is stepping into the role of Oren Scarvello DDS. He actually did that last week, taking over mm-hmm. for, for Christian Borel. Uh, but this is kind of like the rechristening of this new cast obviously we've had a ton of different um seymours over the run of this show but this is the first time that we are having a new Oren and audrey together um following the departures of tammy blanchard and christian borrell um i've seen this show twice now once with groff and once with uh conrad ricamora both fantastic um but you know a lot like what we've talked about with the sondheim shows whether that was company or into the woods like these are shows that i think people like actors want to do because when are you going to get a first you know opportunity to play a a first rate little shop of horrors so like I think it's still selling pretty well. Every time I I go by or or go to it or walk by uh, the West Side Theater, like it seems like it's doing pretty well. And I hope it is because this is one that I think they probably could just keep recycling stars, not recycling, but bringing in different stars of Lena Hall and Andrew Call and Rob McClure's stature to like keep this thing going for a while. There's no reason that Little Chop of Horrors shouldn't be able to run for a long time in New York City. Yeah, listen, um, I've talked about it before, but like F and I are ready to take Monday nights if they just want it like a show on Monday nights like we're we're happy to do it um you know for sure but uh no I agree with you I want this to run forever the same way it ran the first time yeah like I really I really believe in the same thing I think it's exciting and it's fun and there are ways to like incorporate hopefully some more diverse casting um Mm -hmm. in the future so I'm I'm hoping that like it runs for a billion years and that we're able to have lots of different um, gender and ethnicity uh, representations in that show, for sure. Yeah, the the one downside, if you and um, F take things, is is that they would not be able to grow out the facial hair, I don't think, as Seymour. Like, they'd have to keep the Olaf clean-cutness, right? Which is what, what I would prefer. Oh, so if well, you all not what, are... Not what F wants, I don't think, though, is it? You're right. You're right. Okay, well, I mean... Call their agent and see if you can arrange something just so that you can keep F clean shaven. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Bernie Chelsea, make this happen. Seriously. Uh, All right. So let's move into some other things uh, that are pretty exciting that are happening. We had the Creative Arts Emmys over the weekend, and um, that was one of the reasons why Jane Lynch departed uh, 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 Funny Girl a little earlier than was originally planned. But a number of interesting theatrical things related to the Creative Arts Emmys. First off, Nathan Lane, three-time Tony Award winner, and now one-time Emmy Award winner. He'd been previously nominated six times, three for Modern Family, one for The Good Wife, one for Frasier, one for Mad About You, two of those shows some of you people might not have ever even heard of. Um, But a six-time nominee previously, but he finally got a win on his seventh try for Hulu's Only Murders in the Building, in which he starred opposite 
Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Um, so congratulations to Nathan Lane. I still think about the last time he was on Broadway, Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus. I have no idea if that show was good or not, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. So uh, love that. Taylor Mac, right? Yeah, Taylor Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't, yeah, I, I don't know when we will see um, Nathan again. I'd heard that he was supposed to be coming back in, I think it was an Arthur Miller show. So I don't know, yeah. uh, maybe an O'Neill. I can't remember. It was one he'll of those. Uh, yeah, he'll be back, but um, probably in a play because his his musical days, he says they're behind him. But we'll see about that. Um, okay, another- but the Sondheim, you remember that. We talked about that like last year on the show, right? Like the, the Sondheim show that he was working on um, coming into the spring. So and I oh, oh, obviously like Mr. Not- Sondheim's death. I know exactly. But that was kind of the next thing that I thought we were expecting to see that him was- in musically. Yeah, that was the Sondheim and Ives show, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. The 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 once the thing once known as Boonell or something. But yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten about that. Um, we'll see if that ever happens, but uh, love it. Would love to see it. Um, Some other things to note that thanks to wins at the Creative Arts Emmys, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Adele, and Eminem are just a Tony Award away from an EGOT. So uh, I don't know exactly if any of those people have Broadway intentions. I would love to see Adele in a show um, some way. Um, Eminem. I could see her writing, though. I could see her writing in a show, not performing, but like lending her musical abilities to to a production. One billion percent. Yeah. Sarah Bareilles style, um, you know, kind of crossing over from the pop world into theater. Um, An Eminem musical would be super interesting. Uh, I mean, long live uh, uh, the Tupac musical uh, holler if you hear me. But uh, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, you know, we could we've seen Beatles stuff on Broadway before. I don't know that we'll get ever get like a fully, you know, Beatles bio musical. But if they want to lend some other songs to a musical, I would be down for that, too. That's smart. Ooh, put us in a room. I'm telling you, I've been doing this show for six and a half years, and I've just been throwing out great ideas left and right, and no one has brought me on as a consultant or a producer. I'm a little offended, but um, Adele. I know, I'm not very good at that. Adele took home an Emmy for her CBS special One Night Only. Eminem earned three awards for the Super Bowl halftime show, and McCartney and Starr earned five awards for the docuseries The Beatles Get Back. And finally, in the newsy type section, um, coming up on September 7th, tomorrow, Wednesday at 8 p.m., they will be uh, doing a sneak peek of the Broadway musical Frida or Broadway bound musical Frida as part of the Viva La Vida um, concert series at Lincoln Center. It will be um, including some some great stars, including Christina Alabado, uh, Eden Espinoza, um, some other really exciting things happening as part of this special as well. So um, we will have all the details in the show notes if you want to find out how to get there. It is Wednesday, September 7th at 8 p.m. Um, Viva La Vida, songs from Frida the Musical. Uh, so uh, we talked about this show uh, a little bit ago, so we'll see if this how fast track this is, getting a 
you know, a special concerty type performance at Lincoln Center certainly makes me think that they are trying to get this in town sooner rather than later. Yeah, if you remember, we talked about Jaime Lozano's music at Lincoln Center a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, same composer. You can listen to his album Songs from an Immigrant. Um, and then A Very Long Line, I believe is the title, um, also available from Broadway Records. Uh, but he's um, he's fantastic. And he is working with the Kahlo estate on this. So there's a lot behind it. Um, so I am curious about the timeline as well. All right. So I'm going to turn the show over to you now because you had a very eventful Sunday. I want you to talk about that. And a new thing that you helped bring into the world was released on Friday. So I want you to talk about those two things. But let's. I had a baby. I mean, an audio baby, but um, still. So let's start with your experience seeing the final Broadway performance of Mr. Saturday Night. Let's start from the top of the day. I meet Mackie Saylor, one of my best friends at Cat's Delicatessen in the Lower East Side. So perfect. We got in so the longest perfect. line. Yeah, because I, I knew that they had partnered with another deli that was closer to the thing, but I was like, no, I want like I want my favorite pastrami in the city. And I know it sounds cliche because everybody knows it from When Harry Met Sally, but I really don't care because it's the best for me. Um, I'm sure that there are a billion others that other people say, oh, this is the best one. But I, I love going there and I love eating and I know this nostalgia, but it it's a wonderful experience. And so we went and I forget that like when you get to the deli counter, they hand you like a hot piece of pastrami while they're cutting your sandwich. So you can like try it. And I could barely get my hand like over the counter. Cause I'm like, I'm like four, 10 and a half. So it's like, I was like reaching up and then I forgot it like burned my fingers for a second and then it burned my mouth, but it was delicious and it was so like fatty and good. Um, I don't like it lean. I like it like the way it comes right with the mustard. And so we had the side of pickles and we had a great time and we sat directly at the table, the When Harry Met Sally table, which was really perfect. And I know what you all are thinking. I'll have what she's having. Um, don't worry. I'm a big Billy Crystal stan and fan beyond his work with Rob Reiner and Nora Ephron, even though like it is so New York. So we get to the show and I wasn't sure where the seats were. Like it was row BB. So I was like, oh, we're probably like, you know, halfway through the orchestra. And then there's like the second row of like AABBCC, all that good stuff. Right. And the usher keeps walking us down. And then I was like, oh, God. And then we were second row dead center and go. I just burst into tears. And yeah. the people You sent me on, a picture. You sent me a picture. Yeah. I did send Matt a picture because he was like, Hope you're having a good time. And I was like, I physically am not okay. And then the people were like, Oh, are you okay? And I was like, No, we're gonna be this close. And like there was nobody sitting in front of us at the time. And like throughout the show, and then what was funny is like the people next to us were like, Do you all even know who Billy is? I said, This is the last show of this, like why would we, if we didn't know who he was, like, I would want to be kicked out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You gotta be nuts. And I was wearing, because last time I wore a comic relief sweatshirt, which was like this charitable uh, comedy show that he used to do with Whoopi Goldberg and Robin Williams to kind of benefit, um, to help uh, homelessness in New York city, especially. Um, And I had a t-shirt of when they partnered with the Mets and that, so if you know Billy at all, he's a big Yankees fan. He hates the Mets. And that was the thing of like when they partnered with the Mets because the Mets were so supportive. It's like the one time he's ever been seen in Mets memorabilia, except for in City Slickers when they couldn't afford, I believe, to have like a Yankees cap um, in the film. So he didn't mind doing the Mets because they had been so supportive of, you know, comic relief. So anyways, so I'm sitting there and I swear to you while he was doing crowd work. He was looking like at us. Like there were so many times when he looked down and I was trying to be like, I don't like love the Mets. I love you. And um, he was just, he was killing it. And like, as soon as we got up during intermission, I like locked eyes with Jason Robert Brown so many times. Cause he was just standing there in like this really cool t-shirt. And he has just, 
I'm sorry. He has the most recognizable head in musical theater. Mm-hmm. Like he, there's no way, like he turned around. I was like, I know that's Jason Robert Brown. Cause he was like talking about Amanda green. Cause they were there to celebrate the show. And then I noticed like Babalu and Lowell are there who, if you don't know, like the they co-wrote yeah. the show and the movie, but also like they've been comedy partners with Billy Crystal forever. They wrote splash parenthood. Like they are responsible for so many, especially eighties movies. And like my friend Drew Gasparini worked on the night shift musical with them. So like, it was just, it felt so like these are people I saw Mark Shaman walked into the thing. Like it was just, it was a beautiful Sunday. And like, we just kept crying because we were like, can you imagine if like middle school dorks, Maggie and Grace were told that they would be in this room and like experiencing that? It's probably one of my favorite days I've ever had, like in my life. It was just, wow. it was, it was really magical. Yeah, it was, it was really great. And like at the end, um, of the show. And by the way, Shoshana Bean is like crying through her last. And I'm just, I'm sorry. When I'm crying during a song, if I can't get it out, I suck. She is belting her face off, like crystal clear notes, tears streaming down her face. And I'm just like, Shoshana Bean is such a star. Epic. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So um, anyways, he did this final speech and I put it on my TikTok because I was like, I want everyone to see this. It was just a great moment. And he finally ended it with, he was like, you know, after 30 years of doing this movie, because it came out the year I was born. He was like, see what we did? See what we did there? And it was, it was just great. It was a beautiful, beautiful night. Yeah. That's what happened on Sunday for me. I'm so thankful. I am so freaking thankful and grateful for that opportunity so yeah and here's what you missed on glee all right so there's that and then the feel-good recommendation that i wanted to talk about is the stars of the frozen tour caroline bowman and f michael haney dropped a frozen tribute song all is found on friday which apparently you had something to do with that i had no idea this was happening other than the teases that they put out on social media uh and then all of a sudden, as F was departing the tour to come back home, <laughs> here's this single, All Is Found. Yeah, it was it was a, a an arrangement that F had created with Caroline Bowman, who, if you aren't familiar with her voice, I think she has one of the best mm-hmm. voices in musical theater ev- ever of all time. Like, and she I'm does not even so kidding. much. Like, she, like the, the range of this, like, she played Evita mm-hmm. on tour. She, you know, did... Um, Lady uh, of the Laura, Lake. Now she's Elsa. Like, her, her voice is incredible. Like, Elphaba? The, Elf, yeah, of course, she was an Elphaba. Like, the, the vastness of what her voice can do is pretty spectacular. Yeah. And she's just such a powerful, powerful performer. And I was just like, I want you in my ears. Like there's hardly any recordings of her. Like you said, like on tour on Broadway and whatnot. And so it, it, it feels illegal. And so F put this arrangement of these two songs from frozen two together for them. And they have some of the, the other cast members recording like the Hey Nine and stuff, but it's a beautiful single. Cause I was like, you guys are so much more than the roles that you've done. And like, I want more music from y'all. So I think that there's going to be more down the line, but we were very excited and like had some very special help from Robbie Rizal, who, you know, has been doing this and knows it in and out. Um, but, you know, having gotten to do so much with Broadway records and everything, like we've, we've learned a lot and, um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. So I was very excited to, to help put this together for them. And I hope that they record more, but if you haven't listened to it already, you should, it's available like on every music platform. It's, it's amazing. Awesome. It's great. It's really, really good. So uh, I am excited that that is out in the world. So, All right, uh, Grace, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Tuesday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>